We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today, but joining me, per usual, our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? And I am fired up to announce that rejoin us, the Bay Area News Group's Warriors specialist, the host of the Locked On Warriors NBA podcast, and a man who is not afraid to ask friends to wear a UCF shirt on the same day that he does, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? Happy to be here, as always. I'm a little disappointed. No UCF gear, no Heat gear, no Miami references Wait, at all. Am I wearing my Dwayne Wade shirt today? No, that was yesterday. God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I reached out to Wes over this past weekend to maybe grab a drink um, on Saturday, and he hit me back. Yeah, I could probably do that after I watch the D-Wade's retirement jersey ceremony. I mean, the man doesn't work for the Miami Heat. Maxime, <laughs> weigh in, because, you know, look, he's good at his job. We love his taste here. Is it appropriate for this fool still to be standing for Dwayne Wade, or should he be putting all this energy into the Warriors from here on out? I can't, I can't litigate this at all, but I'm excited just like fan to fan, because I feel like it stirs the pot. Uh, that's definitely true. I, I appreciate <laughs> you starting that take by saying I will not have a take on this and will not litigate it here. This is a podcast, not a court, dude. You can definitely give them a f- take. <laughs> no, I'm about it. Look, I think if you spent that long standing for a great player and then he has his jersey retired, you got to watch the ceremony at least. I- Reporters who say that they don't care about stuff and are subjective are absolutely lying. I love you like, for this, Wes. They're, they're just like, they're liars. I'm not a liar. That's my take. <laughs> um, I take back everything bad I've ever insinuated <laughs> about you. Completely agree with you and have been saying the exact same thing for years now. Uh, we're going to be spending most of our day today dropping predictions, also getting some Wiggins takes. But before we do, let me start with an off-the-court report. And I'm being a little selfish here. Most of the time, I cough up the mic, let you go wherever you want, but this time, I gotta direct you, man, because we are less than a week from Steph's return, and I don't really know anything about what's been happening, right? Like, I see him cheering on the squad occasionally. I'm excited every time I do, but I don't see what the hell's been happening off the court, and you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So let me start here. He returns March 1st. What was the team's reaction when they first announced to the rest of the, the, the boys who've been waiting to play with this guy, he is, in fact, going to be coming back? How'd they react? I mean, this has been uh, reported, but the fact that they just they gave him a standing ovation. Uh, Steve Kerr, it was right after, it was right before he was cleared, uh, or right after he was cleared for his first um, contact scrimmage. And they just literally applauded. So, like, look, all right, that's cool. Teammates are, are supportive. But then the vibes in, in the yeah. practice arena after, noticeably different. Noticeably more positive than they had been. Uh, they're Every time you talk to any of these guys, even unprompted, they'll bring up Steph. Um, so you could just tell how. Because these guys haven't played with Steph. Yep. And some of them have, but for, like, three games. Yep. Uh, they don't know what it is to play with him. They're But they're are so close to it. It's like so close, but so far away because he's over there in the corner. Right, exactly right. You know, shooting shots. They see him doing it. They see him on the sideline. They see him on the bench. They see him in the locker room. I mean, Steph's always in the locker room after games. Um, And so they're just, they're like, wow, we're finally going to play with this guy. I think there is just genuine... Uh, and general excitement about the prospect of playing with him. It's like sharing an apartment building with Santa Claus and never getting to actually talk to him. You know, like you see him like walking around, right. you know he's real, but you don't actually get to have an, an interaction yeah. or back and forth. 
Um, we threw away the idea that they gave him a standing O because they are fans. But is that usual? I mean, like in a in an NBA locker room, right? Mm-hmm. When somebody comes back, even somebody of Steph's magnitude, I imagine these guys as kind of grizzled professionals. You know what I mean? Like I don't see standing O's as a thing that would normally happen. Am I off on that? Is this? It wouldn't have happened on last year's team, but this year's team is not grizzled adults. They're nineteen-year-old kids, largely. I mean, they're they grew up watching Steph Curry literally change the game. They probably don't really remember what the NBA was like for a lot of sure. them before Steph. Sure. I, mean, I remember I, I was talking to them, uh, a couple of the young guys, uh, before the Christmas Day game versus Houston. And I was just like, what are your favorite Christmas Day memories? I remember my favorite Christmas games. You know, it was Dwayne Wade versus, and, and Shaq versus Kobe. Like, those are my favorite ones. Um, is that two Dwayne Wade references? Or it is so far. Okay. Yeah, no, right. We'll keep a count. I'm, uh, over under on that is 19. You got some work. <laughs> Uh, 16 for how many years he played for the Heat. Um, I think... Uh, three. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, Christmas. They were all talking about the LeBron, Steph, Cla- uh, Cavaliers, Warriors oh, matchups. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's their... Chi- they're literally their childhood memories are of Steph. If that was you, right? So yeah. you're now on this team, you're playing with your idol, but you haven't had that conversation yet. He doesn't know how much you look up to him. How would you approach it? Would you go and play it cool? You know, try to learn from him, but don't like say, oh, you've always been my idol. Or do you just go up front right from the jump? Oh, I can't believe I finally get to play with you. You know, this makes me so nervous. How would I approach it? How would I want to approach it? Or how would I actually approach it? Give me what, both. Okay, how I'd want to approach it would be cool. Like, oh, what's your name, Steph? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but like, <laughs> how I would actually approach it? Like, what do you do, you shoot? Okay, like, I'll be sure to get you. Uh, but like, how I would actually approach it is I would probably just be like, uh, I don't, Steph, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, here's the ball, please. And then I would just never shoot. Would here's like, my Steph tattoo. He hasn't asked anything. <laughs> right. It's a giant picture of his face on your back, super strangely. Right. Steph just like turns around. You're like staring at him in his locker. <laughs> yeah. You're staring at him with his face on your back just right. to prove a point <laughs> yeah. immediately. Um, I know that he's already come back and played in a scrimmage. I think I read a quote from Wiggins saying he was a difference maker. Do you give us any details? How do you look? Uh, how did Wiggins look? No, no, Steph. What do you mean? How did we? Why would I want to know how Wiggins oh, looked in the first scrimmage that Steph came back in? There's a pronoun. How about Kevon Looney? How did he look? Kevon is, you know, he's still laboring. Um, no, I think uh, from what I understand, Steph looked fine. I think he is slowly um, working his way back into things, but I do expect him by the time he's actually playing in a real game, which he's earmarking March first for. I, I. I don't think it's I, I have an expectation that he's gonna kinda hit the ground running. Yep. He's gonna get real minutes. It's not gonna be like a twelve minutes, let's go, yep. let's feel him out. Like he's just he's been able to maintain his cardio and all these things. It was a hand injury. So and he's been uh painstaking in doing that. Um, you know, before he was actually scrimmaging and stuff, he was always like on treadmills yep. or like that versa climber thingy or whatever. So um I I think he will look good, but talking with people who are actually seeing the scrimmage they admitted like you know he's rusty he's working his way into it which is part of the show I would he's imagine. still made but it wasn't like a shot making thing it was just movement thing like he's still making shots i'm worried um and i almost wasn't going to say this into a microphone but i've started the sentence so let's see where it goes huh. um I, let's start with draymond as my example I think that Draymond is a championship-level player. I think that he is a Hall of Famer. I think that his excellence is unquestioned. But I also think that he needs real players and real intelligence around him in order for that skill set to show. You surround him with birds, you immediately see the, the, the huge drop because he needs their intelligence, too, to really capitalize. That's especially true on the defensive side for Draymond. 
Steph is a savant. I mean, I'm I, top 10 player, perhaps, of all time. And his, in particular, magic comes on the offensive end. But to liken him back to Draymond, I think that he needs smart players in order to really hit the elite level we've all come to watch him occupy. I mean, I think he can put up 15 a game. I think he can do what he did as a rookie you know, for the next four years. But who we've come to view Steph as throughout this dynasty, I don't think we're going to see in his first return for the rest of this year because he doesn't have anyone around him. I don't think he's taking a step back. I don't think his career is going to take a step back. But I do think he's going to take all these shots for the next couple of months just because he doesn't have the teammates. And I, for one, I'm not here for it. I don't want to see that. I don't want to read social media. I don't want to hear the finals MVP bullshit. You know, and I understand why they're bringing him back, and they should. But I'm worried. I'm absolutely worried. Am I off base? I think Steve Kerr said something really interesting the other day that I don't, I had not thought of personally. People were wondering why would you bring back Steph? Why would you risk it? Why would you risk the lottery odds and all these things? And he he said he's like, all these guys need to learn to play with Steph. That's yep. true. But Steph needs to learn how to play with these guys. Yep. He needs to learn how to operate when instead of Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, and like peak Draymond Green and, and Clay Thompson, it's Jordan Poole and it's Damian Lee and it's just you know some guys and. Uh, I, that's a really good point because yeah. Steph hasn't had to do that since you know he yeah. was a rookie very early in his career, and even then it was like there was a buildup. They were learning together, and now he's gonna have to do and go through what Draymond Green had to right. do and go through as mm. far as establishing a new threshold for patience uh, and frustration and all these things. It's it's there is going to be that yep. uh, Steph doesn't isn't used to losing. He, he sees what the record is and he could talk about adjusting his own expectations all the time. But until you're actually on the court and trying to win the game personally, not, that doesn't matter. So uh, I think this is going to be really important for him. These these you know twenty or so games that he's going to play is to kind of do that and not only learn how to play with these guys but also get some perspective and appreciate what they are doing now versus what they had gone through the last half decade. And I think, and just my personal belief, and I, I will probably touch on this more or later, but uh, I think that's going to be a driving force for what they do next year. What do you mean? Well, I think um, the Warriors that we saw over the last couple of years that were just sort of like taking it easy during the regular season and just didn't feel like they had anything to prove, that's not going to be the case next year. And uh, even when you, know, when you get Steph and Clay and, and carrying Draymond Green back, um, you could argue like, okay, well, why should they have anything to prove? Because it wasn't them losing games last year. But they're gonna be, they're they're gonna see a Warriors team with barely any wins in the lottery, and they're gonna be like, no, we're still the Warriors. And maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But there's gonna be there's gonna be urgency, um, I think, to next regular season. I agree with it. Um, and what you are saying is what I've been saying about the fan base. It's a random upside to this terrible year. It's going to make us reappreciate what excellence means. You know, like throughout last year, their fifth trip to the finals, we weren't even paying attention to the regular season. I mean, it was a 16-game season. All of us, the fans, were waiting for the playoffs to see mm. what happened. We were kind of pissy about the apathy that the Warriors were showing. Meanwhile, the fans were just as apathetic. And next year, after watching this, you know, after watching Laker fans suddenly feel like they're on top of the world, after watching Clipper fan appear out of nowhere, each one of these games is going to mean something, which is awesome, man. You know, 82 games is way more than 16. I'm terrible at math. I know that. That's 82 <laughs> parties, dude. I'm, I'm in for it. I cannot wait for it. 
one more off the court report thing. And it's another one I've been really excited to ask you about specifically. Is it right? donuts related? It is, it is donuts related and only about D Wade. So we're going to get it. No, no, no. Okay. It is about D'Angelo Russell. Um, and I know that was your boy. You wrote the go to <laughs> article. You did. Uh, and, and you have given us a lot of insight on D'Angelo. Here's why I'm bringing him up. It first happens, the Wiggins trade, and everything, all the platitudes you could say about D'Angelo are nice. You know, that no one's taking any shots at him. The Warriors big, brought in somebody who's filling a need. It all made sense. And then about two, three weeks after that, whispers start coming out. Suggestions that not everything was hunky-dory in Golden State with D'Angelo. Let me give you what I think to be the best example. This is a back and forth from ESPN's The Jump on February 11th. Nick Friedel, ESPN's Warriors specialist, starts by saying this, quote, I think that D'Angelo Russell has, was really solid in my dealings with him in Golden State, but there's a reason why the Warriors traded him. They did not believe that he was a core piece of a possible title contender. Then Rachel Nichols, who wants to be a part of it, immediately says, quote, Warriors have guys at guard already, and Nick replies, they do, but it was Russell's attitude day to day that compelled them to make the trade. Any idea what he's talking about here? What what's the insinuation? There there were I saw I read some reports about from people saying that there there was just like discontent in the locker room or that he was just genuinely not liked and stuff like that. And I didn't I never got any of that stuff. And to be fair, nobody who was actually around the team like closely was reporting that. Not throwing anybody under the bus, but yeah. no, shots fired. Don't like, worry about shots that. Shots fired. Yeah. yeah, come after me. Let's go. <laughs> um, uh, but. It, He's a weird dude, man, and I think his personality does rub people the wrong way. I think that's absolutely the case. And he wasn't there that long, and I don't think a lot of people really kind of understood him. That said, a lot of his teammates adored him, like were really, really close with him and, and really, really appreciated him. And I, I think that was, that was real. Uh, to me, the day-to-day stuff that Nick is talking about there, and I think it's D'Angelo Russell's general approach to basketball is he knows what he's good at he wants to do that thing that he's good at and he doesn't really want to do a whole lot else and that's why i think minnesota is going to be a really good fit for him (laughs) but he you know defensively he was bad and that showed on the court and that's not that wasn't a secret to anybody when he was in brooklyn or when he was in golden state it was just bad at it and he didn't try that hard and he actively uh, got himself out of situations where he could have been posterized or things like that. He just, he, he's a, he's, you know, that's just sort of how he rolls. And I don't think that, um, I think DeAndre Russell's a good player, but he's kind of a fringe all-star in the Eastern Conference. I mean, he was, he was an injury replacement. It's like in the East, that's like a half all-star. Like, um, he's a 20 plus point per game scorer. He's a great passer. I think he's a really good, tough shot maker. And I think his skill set is really rare and valuable. But I also think that you, there's a pretty hard ceiling when he's your guy. And I think the Warriors identified that and they decided to move on. And some of these whispers are kind of a result of the idea that, okay, this guy's really not going to change that much for us. You know what really spoke to me, and it's a random take, about D'Angelo's lack of defense? And it's going to start with Wiggins and a really random analogy. So stick with me. I apologize, boys. Um, but I've got a kid. I've got a four-year-old and a little girl. And I will I'll constantly tell her, I mean, lies are not the right word. Let's say exaggerations to get her to do something I really want her to do. Um, eat this broccoli and you will be hella strong. <laughs> Don't be in the stroller. Walk and your legs will get crazy powerful. You know, and they're little nuggets of motivation. Do this. 
So Wiggins, we have always said his entire career, people are questioning his defense. He gets here, the Warriors give him immediate verbal motivation. I think he's going to be a uh, all-defensive team guy. He has all the tools to be this amazing defensive player. Who knows if they believe it, but they're doing the same They're giving him these little things like, you know, see if you can reach this. You know who they didn't do that with? Not one dime? D'Angelo. There wasn't one suggestion of like, oh, he has the pieces. Or like, all he has to do is bring this around. It'll be a second team all defense. They never offered a single uh, Reese's Pieces to to get him Mm -hmm. to the location they wanted him to get to, which is really telling to me. It's the things you don't mean to show the outside world that occasionally are the most illustrative, you know? Um, Okay, with... I, I mean, I you you might say that he's actually now no longer in the stroller, proverbially, right? <laughs> Forces I mean, that Minnesota so was rough. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I want to ask one more thing about Steph. Uh, I saw reports that there was some nerve damage, and that's part of why it took him so long to get back. And honestly, that's really freaking me out, and I thought we could air that out a little bit because <laughs> yep. I'm no doctor, but I believe nerve damage is permanent. You don't grow nerves back, right? So I'm thinking about all of his lefty finishes at the rim, all those cross. I mean, he's got so much ambidextrous stuff. I know he's a right-hand shooter, but still, there's tons of work that his left hand has to do. How is that going to affect him, not just for this season, but going into next season and beyond? I think we can fold this into the conversation we're having right now. It's another reason why Steph should be playing right now. I mean, what he said was, look, this nerve, this is from Steph, and I'm paraphrasing, but this nerve damage makes my, my left hand occasionally numb. just is what it is. I'd like to get to the portion of my career where I just don't pay attention to it anymore. I'm just playing enough, and it's natural. The only way he can do that is minutes. That's it. You know, just get out there and shoot and take contact and have that numbness be weird, and they get used to it, mm-hmm. um, which is another reason I'm not really fired up about the social media reaction he'll be getting when he comes back. But, you know, that's a back-asswards uh, approach. That's the tail wagging the dog. Why would I care what other people think? They do need to get these reps now and get him back to the place he was. Mm. Would you agree with that? I think what you're seeing with Steph, or what we're going to see with Steph, is similar to what he had to do when he was uh, going through his ankle issues. He had to change the way he runs and jumps and yeah. things like that. He's going to have to do the same thing um, when when he get like yeah. I mean, the left hand is going to feel funky for a while, probably forever. Like yeah, uh, I think the nerve issues, nerve damage is a very strong word. I don't, I'm not a doctor either, so. I don't know if even, and Steph's not a doctor, so I don't even know if he was using the right words when he was talking about nerve damage. I mean, that's very possible. So, uh, But there is going to be nerve issues, and we always there was always an expectation that there would be nerve issues and that he would have to gain strength and gain uh, a feel for it in that left hand. Uh, and you're right, the ambidextric stuff is really, really important to his game. Touch around the rim, he's got floaters and like little layups and crafty finishes. Um, but he'll just have to learn how to do it again, just like he had to learn how to operate on that ankle again. And I don't see why he couldn't. I mean, if anybody's going to do it, it's... It's a guy like him who just completely, who just always is putting in that sort of work. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, I got a little bit lost, and I should have given you this compliment to start. The hooded hat look that you're rocking throughout this podcast is yes. awesome. I feel like we should have like YouTube this or something. I, I, <laughs> I myself am wearing a very canned, terrible colored shirt, whereas you're looking like a badass. So I'm a little bit thrown off. Well, you got the power color. You got like that Tiger Woods on Sunday look. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's exactly what I was looking for. I appreciate you saying that so much. <laughs> Uh, let's transition. Maxine looks great, though. Gentlemen. Blue wow. brings out your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> this means nothing now. You might as well have not complimented me. I don't want compliments for everybody, man. What's your We're first looking time on the good. show? We're all looking good. This is a great looking uh, pot. We have this like thing that I've been staring yeah. at. Okay. I'm going to leave. Put on a hat and a, uh, and a hoodie. I'll be There's right There's an applause back. button here. Can we just give everybody an applause? <laughs> <laughs> 
Not too much. Let's move on. Our our next most important, perhaps largest segment of the day. It is called Westradamus, and what we will be doing, gentlemen, is dropping a number of predictions. Not only this year, but for next year. Now that we have Wiggins in the fold, and at least kind of an idea of where this franchise might be heading. Quick reminder. You will be held accountable. Our boy, master of all things stat, Maddie Stats, is out there listening. Some of these questions don't actually have an answer. So, Maddie, if you can't track those down, don't worry about that. But some of them do. And he will be holding our ass accountable at the end of the year. Let's make our first one topical, boys. Minutes when Steph Curry comes back in uh, when he starts on March 1st. Minutes per game, 18 is the over-under. Do you guys take the over or the under? Are we talking about the first game back? Averaged for the remainder of this year. Over. For short? Like you feel confident? I, I'm confidently saying over. Yeah. Yeah, I take the over, but not, not by much. I think it's going to be right around 18, 19 minutes. I think they'll give them minutes. I think it'll be like mid-20s, but I think we'll see a bunch of load management. Here's my guess. 22. All right. Make it a points per game. Over under 20. Again, um, this is this year. Just the remainder of the year, not next year. Under. Yeah, under. It kills me. 15 over under. Ooh. Over. Oof. That's a depressingly known low is. number. Just say over just because. Yeah, I mean, I want to say over. I think it, yeah, over. Here's a random one. Um, and let me start with a question. When you guys grew up playing hoop and were shooting around in your backyard or a gym, whatever it was, were there ever those moments when you counted down three, two, one, and then shot the ball at the last second to see if you made the buzzer beezer? Sure. Okay. I'm going to give you guys players' names from the Warriors, and I want you to tell me whether or not you think they still do that today when they shoot around. Okay? The first one's a very easy one. I think we'll all be able to agree. Clay Thompson. When Clay Thompson is out on the court, does he ever occasionally go three, two, one, and then take the buzzer beating shot? I would say most of the time, probably. I'd say, I mean, there's clips of him wearing headbands in his full uniform to practice. Too. This guy is absolutely, he's probably reenacted his 27 point quarter. Yes. So like, I definitely think yes. All right, let me give you a harder one. Does Curry do that? Yes. He seems fun, right? Yeah, yeah. I And it, it's, probably weirdly part of his routine mm. <laughs> yeah. I like but so it's not as fun as much as it is tactical yeah you know like somebody else is going through to one and he puts it down right he's like you count it yeah I don't think anybody has that high of a percentage without having some mental gymnastics going mm-hmm. on how about Wiggins I'll go first on this one I say no I like this guy I love his addition I, he's not doesn't scream personality to me like if he was just like robotically shooting around somewhere with like never speaking that would not surprise me I feel like Wiggins he would like count down three, two, one, and then still like not get the shot off in time <laughs> like he's and just he's so like, oh well <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like so like kind of like chill about stuff he's like three, two, ah, oh, like yeah. J.R. Smith kind of vibes <laughs> I would have shot that in high school, but I mean, whatever. How about Draymond? No. Too professional. Yeah, no. Has has Draymond ever taken like a hardcore buzzer beater shot? (laughs) He doesn't play around. (laughs) I haven't. I did it a thousand times. I I don't think he would do that to his own self-confidence. Three, two, one, over the backboard. (laughs) Second shot's fired. Uh, Last name, Steve Kerr. Does Kerr still have shoot-arounds, wow. and do you think he does that? Because I think he does. He seems as like a kind of yes. like an, an, a person who enjoys fun. I think he does. I have seen him shoot a few times on mostly road shoot-arounds. It would not shock me if one of those times in his head he was just like, 
reenacting like the Utah or whatever. What, yeah. I want him to be doing it out loud and, and Jim's alone. Like he's not, not going to be shooting arounds and other people are there. You <laughs> right. Know? No. But like when everyone else has left and he's like, he's finished out some hard meeting right. and he's walking through the practice facility and a ball rolls to his feet. That <laughs> does a quick left, right? Three, two, one. Oh! Why is that one light still on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is it red with a camera? That would be awesome. So uh, Matty Stats really needs to track down the answers of these yeah. because these are going to boost my overall percentages. <laughs> yeah, like these three to these will help you out. Careful oh. because Maxime is holding the record for the worst winning percentage. That is, on that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. I thought it was. No, that, no. I'm pretty sure I was true. low on the totem pole, but I was not the worst. <laughs> that might be true. I think Medina had 0%. So, <laughs> Correct. Okay, yeah, you you did not, names, in fact, have zero percent over under wins next year, gentlemen. I put the number at fifty-five. Hmm, that's a good. That's a, actually a really good number. I take the over. I'm being optimistic, probably unnecessarily so, but that's not a homer take. If I had to put money down, I would put it on the over at fifty-five. But is that a take that may be informed by the previous couple of seasons of winning? Because I feel like we've been, like fifty-five is a legit. Win yes. total. Yes. Like for any team, doesn't matter how good you are. So I think we've been a little bit spoiled. I don't know. We Jerry's a lot have. for me. Sounds like you're taking the under? Yeah. You, you better head after that explanation. <laughs> nope, over. I think they have 72. I mean, the West is going to be competitive. You're going you're gonna to have Denver, both LA teams, Memphis, mm. uh, New Orleans potentially, Utah. Eh. Dallas? I mean, Dallas. Uh, I... I want to take the under, but not by a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Like if you had made, if you had made the over under fifty four, I might have taken push. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's just by one game. Yeah, <laughs> I like fifty four. I'll take it. Uh, back to this year, who misses more games down the stretch, Draymond Green or Steph Curry? After Curry comes back, Draymond. Oof, that's a hard one. Yeah, I mean probably Draymond, but. You know, when you haven't played games for that long, we've seen players come back and like have to take games off for all sorts of weird sorenesses. I mean, playing a full game is a different beast. I have zero problem, by the way, with this the recent non-story about Draymond showing up at the fight in Vegas and then not being there for uh, the game Sunday night. Um, after what he has done, three titles, a depoy, and almost single-handedly changing this culture. I mean, for, for those who have not been following the team long enough, we were a giant bunch of bitches. I mean, Mike Dunleavy was the like go-to example of strength on the floor. And the only time he showed any heart at all when he got thrown out of a game, we gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> Draymond came in here and changed all of that. Yeah. You know? I mean, he and Andrew Bogan. So if during this year he wants to see a fight and miss a game, go for it. Dude. Miss as many of these games as you want. Wait until we actually right. need you back. All of that, what you just said, plus what he's been doing this year, as yes. far as just like being out there. I yes. mean, Steve routinely calls him like the lone, the last survivor or whatever. Uh, yeah, you get to take a couple sick days, bro. Like, you're good. Here's what I'm interested in. All right. Um, so they moved to Chase Center. We're happy, more or less. You know, it's a cathedral of food and losing basketball games. Um, yeah. Dumpling time's opening up soon. That's that's a big, I, I can't, well, by the way, breaking Thrive news City, on this dude, if you're going to like tell us that Thrive City is amazing, is filled with restaurants, at least have a restaurant that's open. There's not one restaurant tell that's me about open it. out there. I mean, it's completely ludicrous, but I digress. <laughs> Despite the complete lack of restaurants and complete lack of success, Come the on, Warriors, Joe. ticket prices are insane this year. Now, 
Justified, all right, or somewhat justified. From what I understand, they just looked at secondary market last year and then priced the season tickets at what the secondary market was, right? So right now, I just looked this up, a season ticket for a seat that is in section 15, row 10, costs about $400 a ticket. What portal is that? Uh, I don't know, <laughs> thankfully, and I also hate the portals. But over under on that ticket price next year, right? Because secondary market prices are zero now. So if yeah. that's what they used, we should be having a hell of a discount. But there's crazy optimism. We're expecting a top five pick and Steph's return and everybody else. So over under on $400 a ticket for next year. What do you guys think? What section was it? Because I was thinking of my joke. I wasn't totally thinking. 15, row 10. Okay. But I mean, just the idea is, well, I mean, don't worry about the section or the portal, but will tickets go up or down after this year's uh, lack of success? Up. Up? Do you really think that? It, they won't go down. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Uh, yeah. How can they justify that? It's the worst team in the league. Because Steph and Clay are coming back, and they're going to add some dude on the $17 million trade exception, and they'll be like a guy, and they'll be like, they'll throw him on a poster, and they'll be like, oh, we got him too. We got the number of, you know, two pick in the draft. Come see Anthony Edwards. Like, I don't know. I'm going to give you a name. Tell me how crazy I am to throw it out there. DeMarcus Cousins on the Warriors next no. year. Why? They, they uh, are not interested in going backwards, and this is, it's the same argument why every Warriors fan was like, well, Andre Iguodala is going to come back. He was never coming back. Coming Miami back. or never. No, he was definitely coming back. I don't want to hear anything from your Miami ass. He was 100% coming <laughs> they back. They traded him with a first round pick. He was coming back. He couldn't wait. I was talking to him. It's weird how much he wanted to definitely come back. He did want to come back. <laughs> it was never going to happen. And neither is DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Sorry, Warriors fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, well, let me ask you this. I know you're not a doctor, but big men with like possibly career-threatening injuries three times in a row. Is that good for people's careers or it's not that good? Usually not. It's not. Um, I think he plays in Detroit. How's that for a prediction? Matty Stats. <laughs> there you go. Jot it down. I have no other predictions for DeMarcus Cousins, so I will not be matching that one. Instead, I'm going to ask you this. Who averages more minutes next year, Pascal or Marquise Chris? Oh, um, Marquise. I'm going to say Pascal. I have a... Wiseman. I, Wiseman's coming in. If Wiseman's not coming in. Wiseman's uh, coming in. All right, here. Why, the, um, <laughs> let me transition it because this is another one I, I, um, I forgot to mention during our last pod. So we've been talking about James Wiseman as a possibility, uh -huh. and a lot of people have suggested, at least Christian Peake when we talked to her, that the Warriors would need the number one pick. But after the trade deadline, that analysis has changed. If Drummond's going to stay in Cleveland, um, and there's some suggestion he might, Mitchell Robinson's already in New York, Carl Anthony Towns is already in Minnesota, and Atlanta just traded for Capella, the Warriors could end up with a four pick and probably still have a shot at Wiseman, or possibly have a shot at Wiseman. So I think there's a, there's a good chance, if they want him, this dude will be here. Do, do you get a sense that's not what they're leaning towards? I think he'll probably be on the board. I actually think Wiseman's going to drop. Mm. Um, and so I think they'll have the opportunity to get him. I think under knowing what I, I think the Warriors want to use this pick on a super athlete wing type player. Anthony I think Edwards. they, Anthony Edwards makes sense, yep. but I don't know if it would like whoever. Yep. Um, the other thing that we need to consider is when you have a guy at the top three, four, five, you pay him ten plus million a year. Right. This is not a team that likes to pay centers that kind of money, huh. rookie or not a rookie. Yeah. Uh, this is a this this is a bullpen type of center situation, and it's really tough to to pay a player that much money when you're not really sold on him in the first place. Because yep. all we have is like high school tape and like a few minutes. 
uh, at Memphis. So uh, I don't love, and, and I'm personally down on Wiseman too. So that's probably uh, creating a bias here. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't see the Wiseman thing. Well, I, I mean, I, he also probably does not benefit from having De- DeAndre Ayton go with the number one and then have mm-hmm. having both Luka and Trey go beneath, behind him. Like, yeah, that's no, not... that matters. And the rest of the league, I hope, is paying attention to that stuff. And James Wiseman has a lot of DeAndre Ayton stuff to his game. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that the way the Warriors value wings, I'm just like, oh, well, they just traded for Wiggins. Okay, great, get more. They're going to need more than just Andrew Wiggins. Like, I think that they're going to be looking at a wing player, a ball handler, somebody who can play on the perimeter. Wiggins or Pascal, minutes per game. Wiggins or Pascal? Wiggins or, oh, man. No, 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 Jesus. Chris or Pascal. Oh, yeah. Sorry, geez, th- things would have to go remarkably wrong for that question to mean anything. Chris or Pascal? Uh, no, I agree with the analysis. I'm going Chris. More steals next year. Can I say one thing about Pascal? Definitely. What they not. need to figure out? Okay. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, so I think a big part of his minutes next year is going to be influenced by what happens these next 20-plus games with Steph. What do you mean? Uh, he needs to learn, and look, Eric Paschal, you've already won, right? You picked him at number 41, and the dude could play. That in and of itself is a win. Yep. Um, I think that he could, I think they're going to try to figure out, and I think they're in the process of figuring out, where is this guy in our rotation? Is he 6 or 7, or is he 9 or 10? Is he break in case of the emergency, go get, some, go get some points in isolation, or can he function within the flow of the offense? We are seeing him doing a lot more drive and kick, or at least attempting to do it lately. It's still very clunky. He still like likes to. He loves to leave his feet and pass out, which is a big no-no. You don't do that in basketball. Yeah. Um, there, there's there's a lot of stuff that they're working on. Mainly, if you look at his assist to turnover ratio, it's very bad. Huh. And I think there's legitimately questions about whether he can function in an offense. Like this is cool. Like go score twenty points, take twenty shots. We don't care. But can he function in an offense no. where it's Steph and Clay needing to take mm-hmm. those shots and Andrew Wiggins? And whoever else they bring in. Um, I, I think that they're probably more bullish on Eric Pascal being able to do that. But whether or not he is able to do that and function within that ecosystem. Makes sense. Also, watching his ass get bullied by Zion was not the best indication of his defensive versatility. You know, like yeah. if, if we want him to be a 6-7 sure. man, then he's going to need to be a part of the new you know, so-called death lineup, presumably. In his defense, uh, that happens to everybody. Yeah. Can I throw one more name out there for center that I've been thinking about? I was, thinking about on, I was walking earlier today and I was like, you know what? Dragon Bender. Al Horford, huh. buyout candidate. Wow. Just throwing it out there. What could they get him for? Mid level? What would that mean? Uh, I think you could probably get him at the mid level. How old is he? He's old and he's not very good. But if you can get him, at, but he's making twenty eight million a year. But like, he's coming off the bench for the Sixers. I think he's like thirty four, thirty five, something yeah. like that. I mean, you're you're maybe getting a year out of that guy. But you don't need a whole lot from him. I like no. that right. a lot. Yeah. I mean, and he's got a championship culture, kind of. He's a good passer. Certainly mm-hmm. has defensive versatility. Good passer, lousy rebounder. I mean, yeah. he fits. Yeah, that, that sounds absolutely perfect. <laughs> His stock has definitely dropped because I I don't think that the Sixers anticipated how bad the fit was going to be yeah. between him and Embiid. Yeah. So I I think he probably looks worse right now than he actually is. I think that could be a mm-hmm. hot. The Warriors love like bad fit. Let's put them into a good fit. Like that is their mo right now. I like that stuff too. Um, I like what they're doing with. I love disgraced former lottery picks. I just like the idea of it. You know, yeah. I like who bringing in Bender. Just like who? Let's try it. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, maybe it'll be great. If not, you're out in ten days. You know, well, like that's fine by me. I love that idea. They're like scratchers. Kind What's of Darko thing. doing right now? <laughs> Let's never find out the answer to that question, gentlemen. Points per game for Clay Thompson next year. 21.5, that was his average the year before. Over at 22. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm going over. we got big things coming for Clay next year. 
The Warriors need uh, Steph to get back to 28 to 30 points per game. 27 to 30 points per game. They need Clay to be right around 22, and they need Wiggins to be right around 18. More titles over the remainder of their career, Steph or KD? I say Steph. I say Steph with maybe one. I don't think KD ever sees the finals again. Uh, um, I love that only because I'm now a bitter piece of <laughs> but it is what it is. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed, Steph. I, yeah, I don't think Clay, uh, sorry, I don't think KD is getting back. Can we beep when Wes said that makes sense and I said I'm a bitter piece of Is that something we can like push? Oh, whatever. We'll, sure, we'll, yeah, we'll, I'll boost it. No worries. <laughs> work that out. Afterwards, more titles over the remainder of their career. Steve Kerr or Steph Curry? Put differently, will Kerr win a title without Curry? No. I actually would say that, and this is just me completely guessing. I have no information on this. I actually think Steph is in the league longer than Steve Kerr. Why? Just because of who he is? I just think Steve will play out the rest of this or play, coach out the rest of this contract, and it's just like, what else is he going to do? Like, I, he might just do something else. Like, not, not because the Warriors would like to move on, but because no, no, Steve it would be under. Yeah, it would be him. It would be him. About. He'll go get another an push job at TNT yeah. or go into politics or something. Like, he I just, ran a dynasty. How many more things do you need to? Accomplish I, 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 yeah, I. He's, he's a chill dude. Like, I don't know if he wants to do this all the time. And his kids are getting older and yeah. stuff, and they're going to be starting having kids. I mean, I know Nick Kerr just got married, and it's. Just, I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but it's. Uh, I, oh, it's on Instagram. It's fine. There you go. Um, <laughs> Congratulations, Nick. Shout out, Nick. Um, but it was, I, I, you know, he's going to have grandkids and stuff. I mean, he might want to just chill. He's probably got the most crossover potential, like to be successful in a completely different career. Right. And some people would argue that Popovich would be that. And I would argue that that's absolutely not true. Popovich no. can only do this or maybe be like a psalm at a restaurant. And even then, I don't want him telling me what to do. No, that's right. Yeah. He's, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the charisma that Kerr has. Right. Kerr could like, I, I could see him going and like working on like gun lobbying mm -hmm. uh, legislation work, you know, and being really successful and being high profile enough, leveraging his celebrity as a basketball coach, like <laughs> Bulls legend, Warriors legend to uh, be able to actually like create some legit change and I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to do that well in, in the political arena we have to guess but in the um as an announcer we don't have to guess he was one of the yeah. best play-by-play -play guys that I think that has ever done the job there's um, a huge void at TNT right now yeah and I'll tell you I'll, I'll go I'm, I will say Steph as well and I will use your rationale and what really speaks to me about that is if I'm Steve Kerr you know what I do not want to do help the passing of the torch from the staff brother, or the Splash Brothers. You know, like I'm like I'm down on their contracts and let's see where this goes. But when we've got to start the whole thing back over, right. I don't you know why? For what? And maybe he'll reflect this. on this season and be like, that sucked. It was awful. <laughs> Do you know how badly that screwed up my winning percentage? Like I was historic. <laughs> like literally historic. Um which leads to two final questions. Here's kind of an interesting one. Starting today going forward, who will be a warrior longer? Andrew Wiggins or Steph Curry? Because I mean, if the Warriors have this play out the way they want it to, I think they would like that answer to be Wiggins. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, in the spirit of betting and odds and things, you ha I can't you can't say anything other than Steph. But it is a really interesting thought exercise because if you sort of game it out, let's say Steph does have four more years of this, probably plays another five or six. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he has any desire to like play for the Hornets. I almost said the Bobcats. Um, 
it's tough. I agree with you. I, if they had their way, Wiggins would be here for 10 more years. But yep. odds are, like, it'll probably be stuff still. So. I mean, there. I, I would hope the optimistic view is this Warriors future is going to be dictated by Wiggins, this Neft draft pick, and then assuming they keep it, whatever Minnesota's draft pick is in 2021, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's what they're hoping for. Um, yeah. I mean, how long it, did how long did Iggy play? Like four years, five years? Is it four? Four or five uh, years? Five, I think, right? Yeah. Because um, his first season wasn't the championship year. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think five. Five. Yeah. So even like, and I guess like Wiggins' best case scenario would be kind of like Andre Iguodala, like level of player, not like type, like not type of player, but just that, that level, that level of contributor. Um, even Harrison Barnes, that level of contributor. And those, those guys didn't play that long. Right. In Golden State, so I'll say Steph um, only because it would be blasphemous to suggest That's otherwise. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. He would only go to Charlotte, but he has now such a narrative going about him playing his entire career in one place and being the last guy mm-hmm. to like really stick it out um, that I just can't see him moving on. And there's a scenario where Wiggins gets packaged with one of these picks right. for some other star, and I. I don't think that's a zero percent chance. No, he's so. and he's making twenty seven to twenty eight million during the span of this thing. Like he is the contract you move exactly. if if something like that became available. I think Steph will play for another team, but I think it'll be after Wiggins goes somewhere else. I think Steph what is going to become his father. No, definitely not, but nicely done. I think we're up to five now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's going to become Del Curry, and I think it's going to be in Charlotte. And when, when I say that, I mean his game is going to regress to the point where he's just hitting open three-pointers. And he that skill set will be there for him until he's like 40, 41. Right. You know? right. So, I mean, he's not going to be Steph Curry, but yeah, will he give like a 10-minute-a-night performance for a year for his hometown You know that he also played, uh, that he grew up in and played college ball for I can see him considering who will be better in their last year Steph Curry or Ray Allen Steph Curry depending on where he ends up if what I just described to you is what happens then Ray Allen yeah. You know, if Steph finds himself in a position to hit maybe the most meaningful three pointer of maybe all time, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you, you, you bastard. Now we're up to like eight, <laughs> and it's only been 30 I, seconds. I baited you into you that. You are masterful. <laughs> you are masterful, my friend. I'm going to just push this to the last question before this becomes the Heat podcast any longer. Gentlemen, I need a year. When will the Warriors win their next time? I'm going to start a Heat Huddle podcast. <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> Welcome to the Heat Huddle, man. You are wearing red. Yeah, we already established that. And this color is called professional. What was the question? You bastard. (laughs) What year will the Warriors win their next title? 2022. I'll go first. Etch it in stone, Maddie. That would kind of be the year, right? Because Steph will be 33 in 2022. 34. I like that. 2022. Yeah, not to copy you, but I think that's the... It's going to take a year. Um, also, Kawhi and Paul George's contracts will be up. Yep. LeBron is... I, I don't know. You say he'll get older. I don't know that, that that's ever happened. But, um, yeah, 2022 is a good year. I think, we, I think we had this discussion, and I said the same thing, because they're going to intentionally not win this year in order to convince Giannis to come, right? Because if they win, then, like, he can't... That's why win. they lost to the Cavs that one year? Right. <laughs> Right. Okay. That's what. That's exactly right. Because yeah. they're like, oh, we know that KD wouldn't come if we won, and we really wanted. They're doing him, that so. this year, like this twelve wins. <laughs> this team would have won a championship, but they've limited themselves to twelve no. wins. <laughs> I'm saying 2022 as well because they're not going to win next year. Kai no, Bowman's totally like, I could, could be averaging forty, but no way. <laughs> that's why they send him to the G League. 
<laughs> I like it. 2021 is our go-to year. Let me finish this out, man, with an idea I've been rolling around in my head. And I want your guys' real take, all right? So, and I'm not sure how to implement it, but I think it's a solution to bandwagon fans, and let me tell you what I mean. So I we've taken shots this year, not so much. There's not a whole lot of bandwagon warrior fans currently, but five years leading up to this, there definitely were. And I'll be honest with you, they used to make me angry, all right? Abstractly, it shouldn't. It's just more people rooting for my team, other people I can throw high fives to randomly on BART or something. But here's why it did. It always felt like I had been waiting outside of a club for 10 years, through rain, through sleet, through slow, through through everything. All these terrible things happened, but they didn't open up the doors, they didn't open up the doors, they didn't open up the doors, then they finally did, and right before I went in, and this club was awesome, I had everything. Everything I wanted to wait for is as good as I wanted the entire time. Right before I went in, they opened up the doors, and all these people who had not been waiting in the line with me also ran in together, and they had the exact same fun, and they're all celebrated in there. That was bull to me. That's not fair. I've been here. I've suffered. I should get some kind of credit above you from just coming in. Here's my solution. I want team shirts. I'm, I'm talking like officially sanctioned NBA team shirts that work like karate belts. If I first start, if I'm like a one-year fan, I just started, I could be a Golden State fan. Absolutely. Whatever the color is, white, that's fine. I get a white shirt. Five years in, I can somehow prove that. It moves up a color. Five years from that, 10 years, I get to the portion where I'm wearing a black warrior shirt without having to say anything, without having to justify anything. Everybody knows I've been there forever. I can throw high fives to the people in the white shirts, but they secretly know that I'm a better fan than they have been because I've been there from the beginning. Take away the impossibility, how they would verify my, my you know, experience. So let's just assume people tell the truth. Idea on its own. What do you think? I think that you should have brought this up earlier in the podcast because we're going to go for another hour. Um, <laughs> this is right up my alley. This is exactly the type of podcast, the heat huddle, the kind of topic he huddle likes to talk about. But Up to 11. Um, I think immediately to my experience with Marriott. Shout out Marriott. Um, <laughs> of course you do. Who wouldn't? No, I mean, you walk up and, you know, at this point, I'm Silver Elite. Not a big deal. Um, but I go up to the thing. They're like, thank you for being a Silver Elite member exactly with right. us. Thanks for That's staying exactly again with right. Marriott. Okay. Okay, so now I love your shirt idea, but let's one-up that. Like, let's you go. should have a wristband where you scan at the merchandise or the beer thing or the when you're getting a hot dog or popcorn and you should scan it and then be like, Bram, thanks for being yep. a Gold Elite Warriors yep. fan. Here's $2 off That's your exactly beer. Right. Hell yeah, let's go. And it's go. a benefit to them, isn't it, Wes? It because, is. Because I've had to keep those tickets for yep. those two years, and, man. And America is freaking out about declining uh, attendance to the, I, the I Warriors. Like could be, I mean, we could be on to something. We should get credit. Uh, TM, copyright, all this stuff. Um, <laughs> copyright heat huddle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Um, uh, I love this idea. And I think we could keep track of it. I don't know how, but... You'd have to register. You'd register, right? We register as fans. We let them know. I mean, like, it'd be hard to show backwards now, but no, if we're starting I, yeah, this Yeah, backwards up, now. Yeah. yeah. Like to, but if you just ever buy a ticket, you get credit. Okay. And there that's you go. it. Like, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I, I know for me personally, I've never been a season ticket holder, but like, I have kept every single one of the go. tickets to every single game. And I think you could easily walk those in and be like, all right, here, here are my receipts. All Literally. the receipts are digital these days. Oh. I'm assuming most people oh, have now, played, yeah. paid for with credit cards. For Take sure. away the capitalism on it, right? Let's say I don't want to spend money or okay. I live in Nigeria. I don't know. But how about I can register that I've watched a full game? 
You know, I mean, just just something mm-hmm. like the second I've registered for a team, all I want is for people to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. If, you know, 10 years ago, I registered for the Heat, and then five years after that, I registered for the Warriors, you're right. starting over, dude. That shirt's going back to white. Like, yes. you can you can flip. That's right. fine. That's up to you. But you don't get to carry over your experience. You're a bandwagon fan, and everybody knows that by the color of your shirt. You know, so it's your decision. You get to decide if you want to start back over and live with the embarrassing color or rock, you know, the darker colors with a team that's not that good. Or if you're if you're one of these fans, and I actually like these fans who just follow a player, they just like grew up watching LeBron, for example. I'm just trying just that like, out this year, actually. But yeah, go ahead. With who? So I haven't. I, I listened to a podcast recently where someone started talking about Zion as their go to uh, their go to guy. And, yeah. And okay. And before that, I'd listened to the Book of Basketball podcast where Shea Serrano, who I love, was uh, idolizing. Uh, Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. um, but he's always been a San Antonio Spurs fan, and so it introduced. Reggie, even though I've heard about it, yeah, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, he, well, he well, talked to Shay. Um, don't tell Shay that. Yeah, but it was the first time I'd kind of been like, "Can watch. we do that?" Because I, I've always just been hell bent just a Warriors fan, you know. Like, right, no, I right. hate everybody. I'm just a Warriors fan. So, can we have mistresses in basketball? Is that a, is that an acceptable thing? Or I think it has to be opposite conference. Okay. I think that's a good rule. And so, then it's just fine? So you can't have Zion, unfortunately, according to these rules. <laughs> but you could get Giannis. You could get Giannis. And then who knows? Um, <laughs> or, no, you know, then you just keep having him. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, any one of those oh, guys could be good. Jeez. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that if you follow a player, too, that should you should get. Like, if you purchase League Pass to watch that player, that could count. Oh, there's so many ways that you could factor different scenarios into the system from league pass and which teams you're watching yeah. to your apps and like, is it like an aggregate BCS how often you listen system. to the Warriors huddle, for example. Well, if you have a Warriors <laughs> podcast, you automatically get like the black belt of discounts. <laughs> That's, okay. That's what's up. That's how I was going to end it with that. You know, this this karate belt t-shirt idea. There's something here, gentlemen. I'm telling you. I don't know how we implement it. I don't know how we get it out there. But I, I want to, to somehow get the idea growing because I want everyone to know how I'm up and rooting for this team, especially when they're back to winning championships in 2021. Right. You know, I, I want to all those brand new white shirts that pop up who weren't here last year. You know, I'd like to be able to throw a couple dispersions their way. If you're new, it shouldn't be white because white's such a neutral color. It should be more of an embarrassing color. I like it. Um, like yeah. a, I don't know, like a neon green or something. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's something that just like washes Call you out and just like <laughs> makes you not feel good. Um, can I? I have a take on bandwagon fans. Is this a place appropriate place it for that? Like the, it feels like the bandwagon section. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you are not, because it's coming up often, it's like, oh well, where are all the fans now? It's just like, well, like they don't show up when they're losing now, and it's just like, yeah, that's the point. Like that's like <laughs> if you are a sports organization, you win to get more fans to make more money. The other version of that is the New York Knicks where they all they do is do the worst possible thing that they could possibly do and still sell out every game. You think if the Knicks were not selling out MSG for the last, you know, 20 years that they would be where they are at now? Nope, sure. Absolutely not. Dolan would have been pushed out yep. by then. Like if so if you're not happy with being a bandwagon fan, would you be more a bandwagon or if a fan of an organization, a team that attracts bandwagon fans? Would you rather be a fan of the Knicks? No, of course not. No, of course not. Well, and to back what you were saying, although I've already exposed my hatred for bandwagon fans, what they are the, the worst. But what, I just what know. the Cohen era illustrated to Warrior fans because that's why they never made any moves. The Warriors made money when they were terrible, so right. that mm-hmm. franchise never they the ownership of that franchise never had the impetus to do anything. Right. Why would they bring extra? They're already making money. They were fine. You know, it was almost like the Clippers approach under Sterling. So mm-hmm. if one of the 
consequences is capitalistic lack of success because people aren't watching you and you're not successful, then there is an upside to bandwagon fans because now you have the the motivation to bring back talent, right? Yeah, I mean, and you know, the other part of that equation is if you get a guy like in the Clippers case, Steve Ballmer, in the Warriors case, Joe Lacob, who are just like maniacal, competitive, crazy people, then it doesn't really matter what happens there. But like those guys are rare. I mean, there's reasons why they've had as much success in like Silicon Valley and stuff as they have because they operate that way. And so I, when Joe Lacob caught in, stuff changed and, you know, he fired 80% of the people that worked for the Warriors and he's just like, I don't like losing. And sometimes it's just, just that alone will get it there. I cannot believe, I cannot believe I waited this long as when we were supposed to wrap. Um, in fact, I just threw away my notes, but I got to ask you, man, this should have been off the court. You watched a game with Joe Lacob. Oh, yeah, I did. You wrote a badass article about it. Um, Forgot about that. We got it. We got it. We're going to dig into it for, for a full podcast down the line because I won't keep you here for another hour. But... Quick, I mean, give me a take on it. Who was he? How was that experience? I mean, what's something like that like? Uh, it was really interesting. I actually was surprised by how many people were like really eager to see him because he's always on court side, so you don't like see him. Yeah. Uh, you but mean he, fans? Yeah, fans that were just like you know because I I actually went to him court side and did the walk up yep. with him to the Modelo Cantina. Shout out! But um, I <laughs> I was surprised yeah, Modelo by Marriott. Uh, it was. <laughs> Um, pretty surprising how many people like security guards and all this stuff like oh Joe Mr. Lakeup this stuff and just like going out like he he, he was like I was following a rock star but yeah. like it was Joe Lakeup so it was like really weird um, he also ordered he declined a beer at the cantina where they insisted I do it which I thought was interesting <laughs> um, and then ordered instead a Pepsi and then didn't that, and didn't drink the Pepsi ever and I was like, then you could have just ordered the beer, <laughs> not drank the beer, and just not drank the beer, and probably got more blue collar like feel behind it. You know what I mean? Like, that, right? That's because that's why you're probably at the cantina doing. Yeah, this and interview. I included that in my story because that to <laughs> me was the most interesting. I watched the whole game with him, asked him about all the secrets that he had about the Warriors. Now I know everything that they're going to do. I know who they're going to draft and all that stuff. But to me, the most interesting thing was the Pepsi. <laughs> if I was with you and I was Joe Lacob, I would have ordered a forty just to just like would have had one back there. Like I'd like a Mickey's, please. Like, I thought out it comes. I thought for sure he would order a beer, have one sip, and be like, he drank the beer and then put it down. I mean, if he was really aware of what was happening there, that's what he would have done. Um, was it nerve-wracking? If I'm you, beat writer, you know, this is the owner of the team, I don't know how much time I would spend kissing his ass, but it'd be a lot of it. You know, was that you? Um, or? No, uh, I don't. I, I'm, so I surprisingly don't get nervous in this situation. So I am anxious and stressed out all the time, but that I am never nervous, uh, probably because I'm always just more anxious and that covers it up. <laughs> But um, I just, you know what I'm talking about. Of course. But- <laughs> no, no, I don't. I just sweat like this because I'm happy. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was cool. And, you know, he was, he was good. He was, he was honestly like a good hang. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, great article, and I'm late to that party. We should have broadcasted before. With that in mind, you guys, go Warriors. Huge, fun, true every week, certainly true this week. Remember, you want to reach out to us. Uh, we're at warriorsuttle.gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at warriors, far at warriors subtle. Far more importantly, yeah, if we were at warriors, that would probably be a much larger following. <laughs> we are not. We are at warriors huddle. Uh, Maxine, looks like you got something to drop. Yeah, I was just gonna say. In the meantime, while we're getting this idea up the chain of the black belt of t-shirts, you know what's a really great way to show that you're not a bandwagon fan and you're gonna get one of those black belt t-shirts? A warriors huddle t-shirt. Hi-oh. Just saying. Check out the link underneath the page. 
Boom. That's exactly right. We actually do have a bunch of random ass gear. You know how much we appreciate you guys. If all you have for us is your time, that's certainly enough. But if you want to support us or rock the huddle out there, put yourself up the karate belt ladder. You will see literally a link immediately on your phone connected to this episode. Most importantly, Wes, I'm sure people listen to you. They need far more takes. They may even want to look up other episodes of the Heat Huddle. Where do they go? <laughs> Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Tinder at WC Goldberg. <laughs> no follow up. Go Warriors. See you guys real soon. Good, good.